If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. In Jello, this isn't even a joke. Some of y'all are laughing. Caleb, I know it was you because I saw you snooping around this morning. It wasn't me. Take it out. It wasn't me. Dude, take it out. It was the janitor. Look, she's right it's there. It's not. Caleb, take it out. <laughs> so what happened there, Michael? The janitor had put the gentleman's uh, stapler into Jello yes. as a prank. He said, "Anyway, and so this a classic kid, trick from the original British office." Yeah, and oh. so, huh. exactly. which is hilarious. And so this guy pulled a prank on one of his students by uh, setting in Jello, and he set up a camera. And the students came in. I guess they were all in on it. And this one student got picked on, and everybody uh-huh. had a good laugh at his expense. Yeah, oh, so that sounds great. As long he was as he's probably can... afraid he'd be uh, expelled. That's funny. <laughs> it's always good to have what? somebody to be the. The butt of the joke. It's a little confusing to me exactly (laughs) why and who was the victim here. (laughs) Oh, boy. Stapler and Jell-O is a classic. Man, I haven't had a big old serving of Jell-O in a long time. I remember being as a kid, uh, uh, I remember as a kid, Gladys, growing up in Chicago. What? uh, She's a World War I vet. Don't yell at her. We're in a number eight jersey, though. That's cool. Yeah, it's a nice tribute. Um, That... Jello with like fruit in it, red Jello with fruit salad in it, mm. was at 
every what was that noise? I never liked things in my Jello. Oh that weirds no, me that's, out. no, that's when the Jello's worth eating. I like pure Jello. Oh, just ground up cow hoof with artificial <laughs> flavors. That's the good just stuff. Just congealed sugar. Exactly. Um, man, you could not go to a, ch- a church potluck. To a, a gathering of of any human beings, and that Jello would not be no, there. No, always. And in the funny shape, because you'd made it in your Jello mold. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about the things millennials have killed. How many millennials do you know buy Jello molds? <laughs> and and people would have the classic kind of ridged round one. I remember uh, people would occasionally have a rooster shaped Jello mold mm-hmm. or a fun, you know, really wacky star shaped Jello mold. That's some fun Jello yeah, you've got, Gladys. It is fun, Michael. It was it was wholesome. Just because your generation is looking at hardcore porn on the internet and smoking your marijuana, vaping, vaping like a douche, and that doesn't mean that the, the, the Jello wasn't fun. You we having a good time, Joe? We knew how to make Jello fun. <laughs> Damn you! Little Jello and some lawn darts. That's an afternoon. Tell you right what. There. Tell you what. Good times. Oh, we got Wholesome. a. We've got a Bigfoot spot uh, sighting. Do we have oh, a picture? Do? Oh, I don't have my glasses. A I'll policeman in Washington oh. State. That's a tree. That's a tree. Where's Bigfoot? He's exactly in front of the tree. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, oh, that's a hey, beautiful oh. hair. That is, that is a... That's compelling. That is a Sasquatch. Puts the sass back in Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, I tell you. With that pose. Yeah, that's an oddly shaped tree trunk. Thank you for coming. I'm just reminded of one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes of all time. Maybe Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. <laughs> well, thank you, State right. Trooper from Washington, and that right. picture of Bigfoot. He's still Get away from here. Get. He's still in the loose. Get. That was a guy in, I believe, rural North Carolina who had sighted the Sasquatch near his home. It was vexing his dogs, and he, he went out and rough-talked it. Bigfoot doesn't live in the southeast. Come on. But he did mention that <laughs> he, he had... would make a whistle. <sighs> and grunt at the end of it. Right. He'd make a whistle and grunt at the end of it. I, right. I do it that way. Make also. sure that's loud enough, Michael. Did did the guy address Bigfoot's quaff at all? Did that come up? Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. <laughs> I love people. I His really forehead do. was just like mine and yours. <laughs> His forehead yet, was just like mine and yours. And yet, beautiful hair. Mm. Wow. I can't tell you how many times when my son had just long, heavy metal hair, we used to walk by him and say, he had beautiful hair. He <laughs> had beautiful hair. A one-sentence impeachment update. According to the Washington Post, the one-for-one witness swap is back in play. Oh, yeah. Bolton for Hunter Biden. Bad for the Constitution, great for entertainment. Absolutely. Hunter, you're a loser. Brief mention of this in the last segment. Uh, Charles M. Lieber, the chair of Harvard's Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology. This is the chairman, was charged on Tuesday with making false statements about money he'd received from a Chinese government program, part of a broad-ranging FBI effort to root out theft of biomedical research from American laboratories. Turns out this guy was on the take from China. Um, now, yeah, the long and short of it is he was a participate, participant in this allegedly academic Chinese program that was essentially stealing technology, and he was a willing participant and has now been charged together with three other prominent scientists in the area. 
Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Um, yeah, how interesting. And a story I've told more than once, but for new listeners, um, some counterintelligence uh, federal agents were telling me the story once that they went to a prominent university campus and said, listen, uh, you have a number of people on your campus who are in the employ of the Chinese government. They are masquerading as researchers and students, but they are Chinese agents. And the and the president of this blue state campus said, get off of my campus, you racists. Mm. That's how delusional and soft-headed a lot of our campuses are. Anyway, enough of that. I hope justice will be done. The Iowa caucuses are coming up on Monday, and uh, Sean and I both listened to a podcast yesterday done by the uh, old Obama people. They've got their own podcast called, what's it called? Uh, Pod Save America. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting podcast, actually. But obviously, since they ran the Obama campaign, and he he did so well in Iowa, uh, on his way to becoming elected president, they understand the whole Iowa caucus thing pretty well. And they put together this podcast and interviewed a whole bunch of people. And we'll play some of that on Monday to give you a better idea on how that whole thing works. It's not you show up, drop a ballot in the box, and go home again like all the rest of us. There's no way I would participate in a caucus. I I was prepared to mock this as being old-timey and ridiculous, but the more I learned about it, I think we would be better if we all did this. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, in terms of... um, and it's and it's a good idea to start the whole thing. Yeah. It it rewards people with good ground games, which is key to becoming elected president, as opposed to somebody who's just got name recognition and a whole bunch of money. Those people often jump to the top of the polls, but darn, they're not going to win. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good for figuring out who ought to be a candidate. But the, one of the takeaways from it, and again, we'll play more of this on Monday, but one of the takeaways to me was how people that have be, been friends their whole lives end up never speaking to each other again. <laughs> wow. Neighbors end up uh, not talking to each other. Really? Because the whole thing requires you to convince your neighbor that they're wrong and they need to uh, come over to your side politically. Yeah, you I know have something to engage. about it, but... And and get into these arguments. So I don't want to argue about politics. The whole point of the caucus the is you get in a room is. and argue like crazy about politics. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it. If everybody could be reasonable and an adult and understand good, decent people see the world differently oh. than me, it would be it would be cool. Oh, and it but takes, people ain't like that. And it <laughs> takes hours. You have to add that in. So oh. you have to be willing to spend hours on this. Oh. I, I think it would do a great job of humanizing the hypothetical other that people often picture when they're when they're picturing their political opponents. No, that's pretty good. And just realizing no, no, I picture a soulless devil who's bent on nothing but rapine and 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 horrors. Right, but if you went to a caucus you say, "Oh no, that's Jim. I play basketball with him every other Wednesday. He's not a soulless devil." No, there's no, two... no, you realize Jim is a soulless devil because he thinks differently. There's two parties and they're all represented by either Dirty-footed, stoned hippies. Right. Clearly the Democrats. Right. Or on the right, you've got old, white, male, monocled top hat with money coming out of their clothes. Big Mr. Right. Peanut. Rest <laughs> in peace. Oh, who, by the who way. secretly wish they could re-enslave black America. Exactly. Those <laughs> yes. are your two choices. And that's right. what they all look like, the voters on each side. Right. Um, uh, Mr. Peanut, the Mr. Peanut ad will no longer run on the Super Bowl. What? Did you hear about that? What happened? They thought it would be insensitive in light of Kobe's... Passing oh. to have a funeral with a bunch of stars showing up talking about how he passed Mr. Peanut. Plunging from a cliff. Yeah. Which is uncomfortable. Just a celebrity death with a bunch of celebrities making jokes about it. it yeah, it probably would have seemed clunky and weird. Eh, if people would have thought 
Well, this is this is this is what they were thinking. At the end, I'm going to admit to you the whole thing's ridiculous. But if they watched that commercial and thought, "Oh God, that's a little like Kobe," and not, "My, I want to buy more peanuts and planters peanuts at that," <laughs> um, then I get why you wouldn't run the ad. But uh, Mr. Peanut, I, not everything's a commentary on everything else. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, well said, but. I don't, oh, I don't know that the, the presence of Mr. Peanut on the American scene has ever motivated me to eat more peanuts of any brand, much less planners. But I don't know. You Maybe don't. I'm just not aware of his his compelling persuasive power. We all love Mr. Peanut. Remember that clip from last yeah. year? The, yeah, the no, brand. No, no, I don't, and I don't know anybody who does. I'm barely mildly amused by a bespectacled, behatted, giant, I'm not unshelled peanut. I'm completely flat on Mr. Peanut. You could, hook me, you could hook me up to all kinds of wires, and if you'd have shown me a Mr. Peanut picture, nothing would have moved. My heart rate, my red corpuscles, nothing, nothing would have changed. Is there <laughs> no brain activity? None. I'm mildly amused. Zero reaction to Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Uh, is there a brand mascot that you think has given you a more positive uh, feeling about a, a product or service? Duffman from Duff Beer. <laughs> Duffman. <laughs> a similar answer for me. The most interesting man of the world uh, from yes. those Dos Equis commercials. Yes. I yeah. loved those. Yeah. Very amusing. Does it I make like the Geico Lizard. I don't do business with those fine folks, but... Yet? Does it make you use the product, though? I did with that. I specifically started buying Dos Equis beer because I okay. wanted more of those commercials to exist. Hmm. I, I, they delighted me in ways I do not understand. If I'm going to drink a Mexican beer, and I'm going to say this very slowly so I still have a career at the end of it, if I'm drinking a Mexican beer, it's Negra Modelo. That's a good one. I hate to be accused of saying nakers <laughs> on the radio. Right. Yeah. Ah, so delicious. Now that, I have consumed more Negro Modelos in Mexico than you could shake a burro at. No, now that Corona's caused that virus, I just I don't think I can. I don't think I can drink that. <laughs> no, well, that's no, what happens no, when you don't no, put the lime in it. You need the. It's like scurvy, but that's it why the lime was the germ. I didn't yeah. know when the lime was there. It yeah. kills the virus in the yeah. Corona. Listen, quick on air meeting. Um, I think maybe that joke will get us sued. Can we come up with a different joke about the coronavirus? I don't need whatever giant international conglomerate churns out that beer currently. Constellation Brands, they're a publicly traded company. Are they? Yeah. Corona beer has killed a no Chinese, as far as I know. Right. For the record. Today. <laughs> as far as I know, I said. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not up on the most recent statistics. No, indeed. <laughs> Find your beach or be a beach or everything's a beach or son of a beach. I, I can't remember their slogan. Um, it's good beer, though. I like it. Uh, so what's happening with impeachment today? What is likely to happen this week? I can give you a very quick rundown of that. I mean, quick. Not going to dwell on it, but what the schedule looks like for the week, among other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. in which President Trump told Republican donors that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is a great golfer. When asked what he usually shoots, he said dissidents. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's a rough joke. Accurate, but rough. 
Yeah, I saw the transcript. I haven't heard the the tape yet of that president's tape recorded dinner mm-hmm. there. Um, how does that happen, by the way? I don't know. Um, but anyway, it, what struck me about it was there's nothing insidious or scary or anything. It was that everybody who talks to him wants something out of him. Just a constant badgering for, why don't you have this summit here? Why don't you uh, order some of this for the White House? Why don't you donate this? It's just constant asking him for stuff, which would be a drag. I've never been super rich. I've been super. Brief, uh, brief spurts throughout my life. Next segment, we'll talk a little impeachment, what the schedule's like for the weekend. There, there's definitely been a turn in tone, it would seem, in the last 48 hours or so over the idea of uh, witnesses. So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. It's going to get exciting one way or t'other. Yeah. Bad for the Constitution, good for our entertainment is my prediction. Uh, I'm going to play you a couple of tapes uh, here from the uh, recordings from the world of tech. The first voice you hear is one of the great geniuses who have ever graced the planet, Steve Jobs. And the second voice is a bent-nosed delusional liar who has a show on MSNBC. Just a few years ago, in 2007, Apple reinvented the phone with the iPhone. And the question has arisen, is there room for a third category of device in the middle, something that's between a laptop and a smartphone. We think we've got something, and we call it the iPad. Mm. Big news about the iPad. It's now become the most quickly adopted electronic device ever, other than cell phones. In English, that means we are buying iPads faster than we ever bought things like DVD players or other electronics back when they first came out. Three million people bought iPads in the first 80 days they were on sale, and they're selling at over a million a month. One business analyst called it a runaway success of unprecedented proportion. Phones are so big now, they're practically uh, a tablet of some sort. Yeah, you know, it's funny that Jobs quite correctly pointed out, you have a phone, you have a computer, now we have something in the middle. Now we have a continuum from phone to slightly bigger phone to even bigger phone to small iPad or, or, or tablet to medium tablet to very large tablet to small laptop. And I mean, it's just right. tiny little increments. Well, and, the- and, and I have a, 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 a keyboard that I attach to my iPad fairly routinely. So what is that? The whole foldable uh, screen technology, too, is just further blurring the lines of of those checkpoints. Um, Eventually, your phone will be able to unfold into a tablet, for instance. Right. Or phone can unfold into a tablet. Or these new contact lenses where you see the screen on your eyeball and you don't need a screen. Oh, yeah, that's that's much that's fourth quarter stuff. I think we're still in the second quarter sort yeah, of thing. But it'll yeah, be a few end, years. But end game is, yeah, it's all going to be computer chips right. in our brain. Well, exactly, the Googlement, which will be the merging of the government and Google, <laughs> will forcibly implant chips in our brain that will be for our own good. They will be able to bring us to our knees with unspeakable, searing neurological pain if we ever disobey them. Uh, but we'll also have wonderful movies streamed straight into our brain pan. <laughs> Mitt Romney said on MSNBC a few minutes ago he'd like to hear from John Bolton, but if you're going to have one side call witnesses, the other side ought to be able to do the same. So here we go. There are, uh, I think, officially enough senators now that are on board with uh, yes witnesses and both sides get some that we're going to get at least one from each side. Oh, boy. It's going to get exciting real fast. <laughs> Thank you.
Getty Show. Ambassador Bolton essentially confirms the president committed the offenses charged in the first article of impeachment. I'll just cut to the chase. It, uh, it really doesn't change anything. I don't know how anybody can say you've had a fair trial without calling him as a witness. I haven't seen a manuscript, but uh, I can tell you nothing was ever said to John Bolton. I'll let you know Thursday if I meet you to me. The Senate needs to secure testimony from John Bolton. I think it's uh, increasingly likely that other Republicans will uh, will join those of us who think we should hear from John Bolton. As Mitt Romney there at the end, you heard Lindsey Graham in there in the middle say, I'll let you know on Thursday whether or not I feel like we need to see or hear from John Bolton. Ted Cruz had this to say. If the Senate later this week when we vote on witnesses decides to go down the road to additional witnesses, I think at a minimum the most important witness for for the Senate to hear from is now Hunter Biden. And it's on. <laughs> and it is on. It is on, ladies and germs. So how many witnesses you get or whether it's, you know, yes witnesses, no witnesses, or yes one witness or whatever, that's yet to be determined. That's part of what they're going to vote on and wrangle about. Right. It could be like one of those <laughs> one of those punching contests two tough guys have where they each get to slug each other in the arm. And then uh, one guy says, all right, you want to go again? And they go, all right, yeah. And they go another round until one guy finally so says, all right, that's enough. So the punch is, Bolton, pow! Oh, right. yeah? Hunter Biden, pow! Then he says, Lev Parnas, pow! Right. Joe Biden, pow! Right. Well, I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Until finally somebody says, all right, I give, I give, I give. <laughs> Just going to keep going back and forth. Then it's, then it's Adam Schiff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to turn out. Well, and the, the point I made and Andrew McCarthy made in the uh, National Review was it and uh, just why? Why did the president's team decide to even go here? Just say, yeah, the aid was held up briefly, but it had no effect on anything. And uh, that's not impeachable. So uh, say anything you want about it. We're through here. So ended it. why do a number of people who don't like Trump's style or him personally stand up for him anyway or vote for him anyway? Have you heard this one yet? I heard it yesterday for the first time, and I thought it was the best description I've heard yet. White supremacy? It's because we're all racists. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought I was joking. He's our... Turns o- out I was. What? He's our O.J., He's our O.J. That is the best description I've heard yet, and i got a good example of it today. And I'll explain if it isn't immediately obvious to you. Don Lamont on uh, CNN over the weekend had a number of guests on. Ridiculous human being. Um, uh, He's just a partisan. Another CNN contributor and the GOP strategist Rick Wilson, who's an ever-Trumper. And they were talking about the whole Mike Pompeo story in NPR, which we haven't talked about, but I think you'll pick up on this whether you know what we're talking about or not. Wilson pivoted the conversation to attack Trump supporters, claiming they wouldn't be able to identify Ukraine on a map. Pompeo um, knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump would could never find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U in the picture of an actual physical crane next to it. <laughs> and they all started laughing. That's a funny thing to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a funny, it's a funny line. Yeah, um, you know this. You know that the administration is defined by ignorance of the world, and so that's 
partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. You know, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Uh, wow. and, and they went on and on in that vein about how, uh, you know, that whole chunk of the country, everything really between the coasts, is a bunch of dumb racists. Right. And that's the whole, he's our OJ explanation for how you possibly support this guy. The jurors knew OJ was a murderer, but the white cops had been screwing them for so long, they just thought, I don't care. Right. I don't even care. And that's exactly what's going on with the Trump thing. For a lot of America, you've been bad-mouthing us and, and, and not giving us a fair deal in news coverage and stories my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Trump does a whole bunch of stuff wrong, but I don't care. I heard it. Finally, that, we get to win one. That's it, that's the, what it is. So much of working class America has gotten empty promises from the Republicans and condescension from the Democrats. The the powerful in D.C. for so long they said screw it, neither one of you, and that's what Trump was. I think that's an excellent metaphor. Juice, juice. <laughs> like he's not even the juice anymore. It's like he's not really the juice anymore and since he murdered those people. And that's Ross from Friends, who is playing Robert Kardashian, the lawyer. Right. Who is on the Dream Team, who is married to Kim Kardashian's mom. Right. Yeah. The lovely Mrs. Kardashian, who became the lovely Mrs. Jenner, till the lovely Mr. Jenner became a different lovely Mrs. Jenner. Well, M- Ms. Jenner. Right. If you will. If you're following this whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I love the T-shirt. I gotta get it. Howard Cosell, great sportscaster of the '70s, standing there with his microphone, smiling with OJ on one side and uh, Bruce Jenner on the other, and the caption is, "I just heard from the future, and you're not gonna believe this." S. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So an Arizona trooper cited a driver. Apparently, you can't put a skeleton in the passenger seat and then get to drive in the HOV line. The Lane, the high-occupancy vehicle lane. Which has been proved over and over again to do nothing for the environment nor traffic flow. No. <laughs> you even put, like, a Gilligan hat on him, too, to really Did try it? to throw the fuzz off. That's good. Well, he, he looks like a dead man, but he's wearing a hat. Yeah, the skeleton was sitting upright wearing a hat tied to the front seat. Huh. Associated Press reports. Department spokesman said troopers cite about 7,000 HOV lane violators every year. I didn't know they busted that many, and that's in Arizona. Well, it could be 7,000 a day where I live, and it's well, never anybody. Yeah, but the the ticket is a high. Yeah. It's a big ticket. Well, there's, there's I a... do it. I mean, you get stuck in, a, in traffic, and you think, I could cut 10 minutes off my drive. I just go around these people, yep. go right back in. Right. I don't see any cops. Here I go. Well, there's a uh, principle in uh, law and justice that it's uh, the long and short of it is essentially perpetrators calculate the severity of the punishment times the likelihood of ever enduring it. Sure. And so, you know, again, where I live, uh, you know, two thirds of the people who zoom by me in the uh, the diamond lane, which again does no good for relieving congestion or pollution. I think an argu- argument can be made that they of, make both yes. worse. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You definitely well, can make that absolutely. argument. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it makes traffic worse. Well, the alternative cut, to, would be exactly a break even, which seems unlikely. You've eliminated a lane, so there's no way you can argue it doesn't make tra- traffic worse. Well, no, 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 Jack, you don't understand. What it will do is convince people to abandon the convenience of their own car and driving exactly to their workplace. Because that's what I've done. I, I get up 
at 4 o'clock in the morning, right. and me and a bunch of other people drive each other to work exactly. in one car. And then we after alternate. work, it, it takes two hours to get to work. Yeah. So actually, we get up at 3 in the morning because it right. takes like an extra hour. Right. And then on the way home, we all do that. But we, we have the delight of each other's company. And we get home at midnight because we're all waiting for each other to get off work. And <laughs> Who doesn't to love more time with coworkers? <laughs> oh, boy. Now, I'm not saying nobody does that, but anybody who does that is already doing that. So these lanes don't do you any good. But what I was about to say is about two-thirds of the people who pass me in that damn lane have one person in their car. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I love it on the motorcycle, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <sighs> well, uh, we were talking... We threatened to uh, explain to you why Bernie getting elected would be such a disaster. Um, you probably know that already. His proposed tax rates would bring the economy to its knees until the economy pitched forward dead. Yeah, to be fair, because I say this every year when a president puts out their budget, the presidents don't get what they want. They they aren't the legislature, and they they have ideas, and they they're they're, they're tipping their hat toward what they would like to happen. But, yeah, aspirational, yeah, as they say. Yeah, they don't get to do what they want. But what Bernie wants would be amazing. His party wouldn't give him the tax rates he wants. No, I mean his his proposed tax rate for uh, uh, capital gains. Which is you invest or you buy stocks or you you know you put money into a business and and it it turns out to be a good investment. He would tax that. What what percentage was it? I'll look it up. Yeah, why don't we talk about that when we come back? And just yeah, I've the got the chart in front of me. The the New York Times had a good chart on what taxes would be like, what they aren't currently, and what it'd be under Biden, Buttigieg, Sanders, or Warren. And right. uh, it's it's pretty stark differences. And why Bernie's terrifying? An explanation featuring pie. Let's not do it right now. Pie. Everybody loves pie. Twenty-two sevens or the delicious pastry. The second, the latter. Okay, fantastic. On the way next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In honor of Valentine's Day, Krispy Kreme has started selling heart-shaped conversation donuts. Unfortunately, the only conversations they start are with your doctor. <laughs> Hello. Oh boy. Valentine Day. <laughs> Bought our Valentines for uh, my fourth graders class. You have to fill out one for every kid. Everybody's got to get the same thing. It's not the way it was when I was a kid. It's communism. But uh, we'll talk about that when we get closer to Valentine's Day. Um, Daily Beast, which is a left-leaning publica- publication written by Sam Stein, who I'm a fan of. I find him very entertaining and funny. But he is a, a super lefty. He was part. He was at the Huffington Post when they made the decision they wouldn't cover Trump in politics. They put him in the entertainment section. Oh, and he right. backed that decision clear to the end. Huh. Now Trump is not politics. It's entertainment. He's the freaking president. <laughs> I mean, you got to accept it at some point. That is so smug. Yeah, it really is. Which, again, gets back to he's our OJ. But anyway, he wrote in the Daily Beast, worried Democratic operatives scramble to fund a network to take down Bernie Sanders. He goes oh, through, yeah. through the behind-the-scenes, sure. the money people, trying to figure out. Because there's a poll out came out yesterday with Bernie up nine in Iowa. He oh, seems to be oh! He seems to be surging at the end. You got the weird caucus process. You don't know how that's going to turn out, but he seems to be surging at the end. He already leads in most polls in New Hampshire. 
Yeah, good. He's he's uh, he's a close second in Nevada, which I think is the next contest. Yeah. So he could he could run away with it. I mean, that's not at all. In fact, that's right now the most likely thing that happens. He's the front runner. He, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so New York Times uh, took a look at the various tax rates that you would get with the different candidates. Um, Can I throw in one quick comment? Sure. And and we've both talked about how crazy the Democrats would go if he was clearly the winner of the first or or the winner of one, maybe second place in another. He was clearly on the way to the nomination. How nuts they would go. It hadn't occurred to me. They already got their rep tarnished for screwing him against Hillary. But if the Democratic establishment realizes we'll lose 48 states, we've got to screw him. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody is going to end up hating them. Everybody. Yeah, but you have no choice. Not really. If you run an organization and think this person would doom you, what have you got to lose? Unless you take the long view and you say, okay, we'll listen to the will of the people. We will lose 48 states to the recently impeached Donald Trump. And that will make our point. Folks, we've got to take one in the shorts to set ourselves up for 2024. That's the only rationale I could picture. But back to the the tax thing. Taxing the rich is certainly popular in the Democratic Party. The top individual tax rate right now is 37%. I don't know what you think it ought to be, but and that's like if you make two hundred gur, right, or something like that. I can't remember the what the number cut is. Cutoff is one seventy five, and then for a family, you're not rich if you live anywhere uh, on the coasts. Thirty seven percent is where it is currently. Biden wants to up it to thirty nine point six. So does Mayor Pete. So does Elizabeth Warren. Bernie wants to take it to fifty two. Fifty two. Wow. When you get down to the top marginal rate, it's currently at forty. Top marginal rate is currently at forty. Everybody else wants to up it to low 50s. Bernie wants to take it to 70. Wow. So Top once you marginal make rate. X amount, he taxes you at 70%. Yeah, and I think for him, his proposal, it's fairly low. Like anybody, if anything over 250000 is taxed at like 69.2%. Great, Scott. Whoa. I mean, that's a big difference from his opponents in the heck. Well, it's a 30-point swing from what it is currently. Right. The top capital gains rate is currently 20%. All the other candidates want to double it to start with. Keep that in mind. That is such a bad idea. I remember we were meeting with a big-time tax attorney, one of your top tax attorneys in America, right before the election. And I threw out, just for fun at lunch, uh, so what's the election going to do for taxes? He said, it's simple. If Trump's elected, your taxes are going down. If Hillary's elected, they're going up. Sometimes Mm. it is just that simple. And well, the thing about well, go ahead. The current tax rate or capital gains rate is twenty. It would get doubled under Biden, Buttigieg, or Warren. It goes to fifty-two under Sanders. That would absolutely choke to the point of unconsciousness the economy and economic growth well, because much? if people are going to risk their money, and there is no reward without risk. And know that even if my risk pays off, which is not a certainty, Bernie's going to take half of it. A little over half. Right. Do you know what that's going to do to your 401k, my friends? It will be murdered. That, you know, $400,000 you've got as you get toward retirement or a million or whatever you have is going to be slashed because the market will plunge. Yeah, it's it's a stark difference. No, again, but it doesn't matter because the government will take care of you, just like they did in the Soviet Union that Bernie was so fond of. <laughs> you don't necessarily get what you want as president. Well, not that's understating it. You don't at all get what you want as president, but you you pull it that direction. 
And it, you know, depends on who the, what, who's in the house. Uh, now, on some of these taxes, I don't know what they are. The M4A income-based premium. I don't know what that is, but it's zero currently. Biden, Buttigieg, Warren all would keep it at zero. Bernie would take it to 11.5. I don't know what that is, but mm. there's there's him as a stark standout from the other candidates. Oh, get to the payroll tax one. I remember that um, also just absolutely torqued me off. Uh, payroll tax rate is currently zero under the under the current law. Uh, federal, it would go, yeah. uh, federal. It would go to to uh, 12.4 under Biden. Buttigieg, um, uh, Sanders wants it at 12 also. But that taxes you for hiring people. There is a punishment. If you create jobs, if you want more of something, subsidize it. If you want less of it, tax it. It's a universally known truth. Think about people who want to punish others who hire people and give them jobs. It's ludicrous. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I don't care what your politics are. Let's come together and enjoy a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, the iPad is 10 years old, and um, at the time I didn't buy one, I bought a Microsoft Zune and a BlackBerry. Oh, so. Michael. Hey, another swing and a miss. Yep. <laughs> He's wearing a NASA t-shirt. He's our producer, Positive Sean. The amount of joy that I get when plans fall through should be examined by a professional of some sort. I was going to go see a movie with my friend later, but his kid was sick, so he's got to stay home and be doctor. And while I'm upset that I don't get to hang out with my friend, my internal monologue of, you can do whatever, <laughs> is just <laughs> echoing throughout my brain. Wow, excellent. Jack, you got excellent. Joma. So we talked earlier about there's FOMA, fear of missing out, and right. then what was the other one I came at? BOMA? Fear of better options. FOMA, FOMA. fear it. of better options, right. and a whole bunch of people hit me with JOMA, which you have, the joy of missing out. Sounds great. JOMA. Right, and I've got... <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't there. And I've got phobi, fear of being included. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Especially if it's like angry shouting matches over politics. I just don't. I don't want it. We can chat, we can discuss, we can trade ideas, but the bitter, angry thing, I got the phobi. So it seems baked in now. I had zero interest in the whole impeachment thing for the most part. Mm. Now there are going to be witnesses, and uh, it's going to get real interesting. There's going to be some must-see TV baked coming. In. That reminds me, I was going to mention pie. The free market grows the pie. Socialism just obsesses over dividing the pie, and the pie ends up going bad and nobody gets anything i eat the pie in the middle of the night what i do grow the pie friends see you tomorrow god bless america you having a good time okay i, I did not say okay. that i've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes <laughs> that's good if you wish to leave you may let me just say how very very dismaying and disappointing not uh good and just Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? New audio has been released in which President Trump told Republican donors that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is a great golfer. When asked what he usually shoots, he said dissidents. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.